Hello, and thank you for tuning into Dream Slam, an all-women's wrestling podcast. I'm Ferris, your host this time, and as always. If you hear anything weird in the process, I'm currently being lap-accompanied by a very bitey house cat, and I don't know what his problem is, and maybe he doesn't like that we're covering Stardom's 10th anniversary show today. <laughs> in some of the promos leading up to the event, they really up-talked the fact that they were in Budokan Hall. And I had to look up other events that have been there. And, you know, it's just things like the Super Juniors and a bunch of the really important New Japan shows have been there. And not that many shows for women's companies. But, I mean, it's a 10th anniversary. You only turn 10 once. Also, all the other numbers once, too, I guess. Wink! But, in all honesty... I haven't covered Stardom for a bit. I mean, I did cover their entire Stardom Cinderella tournament year before last. And they are a company that I do really enjoy. However, last year after the passing of Hana Kimura, I like very willingly took a step back from watching the company because she was, you know, she was one of my favorites. She really was a big spark for me. It was actually a company that I had wanted to, like, just get to work with once when I was still in wrestling shape. Like, that was one of my goals, and I just felt a little more sad about everything. So this is my first time watching it in at least a year, and there's been a lot of change. There are so many new names. I know bits and pieces of things. I have made, like, some attempts to, uh, to keep up with everything, and at the same time, I'm really looking forward to enjoying this with, like, uh, a new set of eyes. The first match we have on the card is uh, Natsupoi versus Azumi. I'm going to say that this match is exactly what an opening match should try to be. Like, it's fortunate that it's for the high-speed title, so I feel like that really does help with the pacing and, like, the spirit you want to go into a show with. But they also have really great natural chemistry, and the, the ring work is, like, very organic and very elegant. It's very hard to make a spot where both people miss a drop pick, drop kick not look like they're both a little dumb, and I feel like they actually pulled that off as an example in this match. Natsupoi is really smart for her range of experience. It took me a shake to realize that I had absolutely seen her and covered her matches before. But Azumi is really hard to outclass. Honestly, like, she is a very technically sound worker. The overall match is, like, very high-flying. High risk in spots as well, but not in a way that feels stupid or dangerous. Towards the end of this match, there's also a great sequence with them exchanging different pins and roll-ups, which I think if you're if you're training and you're looking for drills you should run, like just see if you can pull off the final sequence of this match. Maybe not the straight jacket suplex, maybe that's not for beginners. But I mean if you can also do it safely and finish a match as beautifully on it as Natsupoi does, maybe you deserve to win the high speed title too. The next pre-show match on the card. I feel like I don't remember Stardom doing pre-show matches, but I also feel like this is a different type of show than a lot of the ones I've covered. 
but it is for the Goddess of Stardom titles, and we have Donna Del Mondo, Himeka, and Maika. I trust that I will be corrected if those were horrible. Versus Oedo Tai, Natsuka Tora, and Saki Kashima. So in, like, big true heel fashion, Oedo Tai jumps Donna Del Mondo before the bell can ring. Saki used to be a good guy. I feel like the last time I saw her in a match, she was with Queen's Quest. Uh, she was very cute and bubbly and adorable, and now she's cute and evil. And it honestly seems like she's having more fun as a wrestler. Like, there's maybe there's just a little more joy in this. Maybe there's better teamwork. I feel like there's a really great energy with her and Natsuka Tora, very much in like a like Bull Nakano and Dump Matsumoto type of way, where they're just like the big meanies, even though Saki is not as physically big of a meanie. Himeka is wicked strong as well. Uh, there's a spot very early in the match where she gets both uh, Tora and Kashima on her shoulders for an Argentine backbreaker, which is super impressive. It feels the same as like that time that John Cena put, well, he had like Big Show and somebody else who was surprisingly large for an AA. It's exactly that type of thing. And we don't, I don't feel like we always get to see like big, impressive shows of strength in women's matches. So maybe that just like, Makes my heart grow a size because I like the chance of seeing a lady be a hoss. I do feel like Oedo Tai had better teamwork that was way more visible, more so than Donna Del Mondo. But individually, I mean, Micah and Himeka are impressive in strength and skill. I just felt more like genuine wrestling spirit from, uh, from Natsuka and Saki Kashima. But at the end of the day, all their spirit couldn't really save them. We do see Donna Del Mondo retain the tag titles in, honestly, what was a good match. Like, I have no real complaints about the mechanics of it. You do get to see that they're very different teams that work very differently together. And I think that's that's underappreciated in the world of tag wrestling. So the next match we have on the card is... The All-Star Rumble, and I am going to take the second here to say that I find covering Rumbles super overwhelming because there are so many people and I don't know to what depth I'm supposed to tell you is going on. I feel like I actually missed a bunch of eliminations or like context for things that were happening because, un unfortunately, Stardom only has a Japanese commentary. So I can, like, hear when people are, like, excited, and there was one spot where all the cameras ran really close around the ring, and I felt like, oh, damn, I should be noticing something. And also, I don't know what I'm supposed to be noticing. But this was actually really fun for a rumble. Um, there were some spots in it that were not as nice looking or more, you could say, like, on the weaker side. Uh, it's also a rumble, and you are... If you look hard enough in any rumble, you will catch somebody whiffing a lot of shots. Because also, who knows how long you're going to be in there and what's going to happen. Maybe you don't want somebody to clean your clock in the first five minutes if you're supposed to be there the whole damn time. 
I thought it was fun. This match actually featured wrestlers from a bunch of other companies, like Gato Move, Marvelous. There was one I legitimately couldn't read the name of. There was a good mix also of big names from those other mentioned companies, up-and-coming people in stardom, like people that don't have a stable yet in stardom. I think that's always a fun inclusion that, like, when you start out, maybe you don't have a home right away, and they have to feel out who you are and where you're going to go. I thought I couldn't have a bigger pop than I, like, for myself than I did for Hiroyo Matsumoto showing up because she is my big, strong favorite Lady Godzilla, and I just want her to carry me around like I'm an adorable baby. But, I mean, also, Chigusa Niago was in it from the Crush Gals? There was actually a bunch of veterans in the match, but I feel like they were utilized in the best possible way, which was... Obviously, as people who aren't going to win, but people who are going to make winning a whole lot harder for you. There was some weird, like, shenanigans in the match. There was something with, like, a little tiger purse, and there was a big pink rope. And I feel like they tried to explain that to me on commentary, or I looked away for, like, exactly long enough to not understand what was happening at all. And that's fine, I guess. I also haven't fully seen to this point, I'm sure that I read bits and pieces about it, but I didn't realize how many folks that used to be in Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling are in stardom now, because that was, that was very fun. Like, they didn't have everybody that I, that was like my tops in this, but it was great to see some of them in new environments where like, I feel like, like Mina Shirakawa is just doing a way better job in stardom. And she never did, like, a big bad job in Tokyo Joshi Pro, but I feel like she's got... Maybe this is just, like, the exact right vibe for her, and she's really found her own spot, finally. The winner of our big All-Star Rumble is Unagi Sayaka. I believe she's also one of the folks I was just talking about from Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. I think the All-Star Rumble is fun to watch, not everything in it is 100% great, but it's a rumble, and that's kind of what you get with rumbles. This is fun, this is a little mindless in places, but it's a great way to show you a ton of people, and at least what they're probably like. In this next match, we get to see one of the featured players in my last episode. We have Nanae Takahashi versus Momo Watanabe. I feel like I've never paid enough attention to Momo. I don't have a good reason for this either. I think that's the worst part. But I feel like this match specifically really shows how much genuine pride and passion she has in her work. This match doesn't have a clean start. I feel like I'm used to seeing, historically seeing her, um, be more on the, like, handshaking, good sport side of things. And this match just opens in slaps upon slaps. It's got, like, big Akira Hokuto energy. Which, honestly, I'm here for. I love a match where there's no sportsmanship on the line. It's just two people trying to beat each other. And that was absolutely 
how this match felt. There wasn't much toying around. There wasn't any like cute fun sequences or anything that you got to go, oh, that's so technical. It's just two people trying their damnedest to beat the other person. There's pride on the line, you know, there's ego. It makes, Momo is a great opponent for Nane because of her raw passion. But experience finds the cracks that passion forms. So Nane is easy, easily able to like scout all the cracks in Momo's offense. This match is like, it's like a 75-25. I feel like Momo is doing most of the action in this. And every time we see Nane like get to her feet and actually start running the damn thing, it really feels like she could just close the match right there and then. And I think this leads to, like, Momo getting more exhausted near the end of the match and losing, like, in a very crisp way. There's, uh, even in an extension, though, of the poorer sportsmanship than we'd be used to normally seeing. At the end of the match, Nanae goes to, like, pick Momo up and, like, shake her hand, and Momo just refuses her. Anything like that, to which she just gets slapped in the face even more. I feel like this is a respect your elders type of move. I'm going to admit that I don't know the entire build-up to the two of them being who was facing each other, but I also know that they like they have crossed over at least being in stardom at the same time in the past. Momo's only been working for like six years, opposed to Nane's 24 so, you know, there's like an 18-year age gap. That's absolutely going to have somebody come up on top. But there's no way they haven't met each other before in the ring. And if this is currently the spot we're exiting on, like, I would love to see more between the two of them. But I feel like this is most likely the final act in a series of matches between them. I do know that Momo's, like, I think only appearance outside of stardom was at a seedling show this year so that would fit the timeline of her going back to like Nane's promotion and maybe making some shit over there too. Next match on the card is for the SWA Undisputed title. This is the one that has to be defended against somebody from another country which maybe is a weird and arbitrary thing. This is normally used as a means of ensuring a variety of people are competing and defending the title, and also there's a pandemic. So today we have Konami versus Suri. This is a fun match if you like watching people kick each other in the face. Because it's full of that. And I love that actually. So both of these wrestlers have a background in MMA. Siri actually has like a 6-3 MMA record, which I understand to be good. <laughs> this is a very calculated catch ma- wrestling match in the beginning. It's very... There's time in the match. There's a lot of space in the match where you can see the opponents feeling out what each other is doing and trying to make sure that they make the right moves. Konami is a very lethal wrestler, though, and she treats us to, like, literally a parade of different armbars, including at one point a crucifix double armbar, which I've never seen before. But this is an impressive match in getting to see what two wrestlers 
with ultimately pretty similar skill sets can bring to the table and do together. There's always the risk when you have like two brawlers in a match together that it's boring, or two technical workers, like if there's a chance that it's just not an exciting match. And I feel like this was a really great combination with these two. This is absolutely a match worth watching. Uh, as with one of the previous ones, if you're looking at technical wrestling and skills to build, because this was very cleanly executed. There's also a scary top rope draping DDT from Siri, which is not something I expected at all if we look at the rest of the moves that she normally does. And there's also a Brock lock. Um, I do not know the proper name for that move at all. I just don't. But uh, Brock Lesnar briefly did it where he would like hook your heel behind his head and he would pick you up and it's super hard to do or maybe it was really hard for me to do because I'm five feet tall and everybody is bigger than me. But also, Suri uses this to get Konami to tap out and she retains the SWA title. I thoroughly enjoyed this match and it's like just the right length it's another match there's not really any bullshit in it's just good old-fashioned wrestling so this is the second match on the program that includes one of the special folks from my last episode this is yoshiko versus mayu iwatani also in this match they added akira hokuto to commentary and that's super exciting. And I wish I knew what was going on. But I'm just so excited she's there. So at the beginning, Mayu offers a handshake and Yoshiko flips her off. That's the entire vibe of this match. Yoshiko is a very excellent heel. Both like in personality and how she works in the ring. It's, it's a lot to get to take in. But uh, for the folks that watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, you know that there's uh, they have a different dynamic over there. And this is easily one of the clearest, like most digestible heel versus face dynamics that there is, at least in this whole show. But yeah, Yoshiko is an amazing heel and she makes Mayu an even better baby face for that. Like, Mayu tries to start the match on her own terms, as a babyface would, and Yoshiko just easily takes charge of her. And it's it's so good, man. I know that's not actual real commentary, but it's so damn good. You get the impression that Yoshiko, like, doesn't care about what the crowd cares, about what the crowd thinks of her... But also they received her really warmly. So there's obviously something good there. And the way she tries to break down Mayu in the match is so simple and efficient. That it makes it even sweeter when Mayu is able to like break away from her and get her offense in. I'd say that Yoshiko wrestles like an old school big man, but in the best possible way. Mayu can absorb infinite punishment. I think that adds a level as well to the dynamic here, where, like, she's such a great fighting champion. And there's nothing even on the line here. 
it's just a, a personal match. And having to see her fight back from whatever circumstances she's in, it just always feels so good. And in the end, she manages to beat Yoshiko, who even asks her, like, this is the first match that we actually see an interaction between the wrestlers after the fact. And it's very complimentary. They, um, Yoshiko can see why Mayu's the icon, and she wants to know if she made her a little stronger, if there's something very, like, pure and good about this. Our semi-main event for the evening is a de- is Utami Hayashishita defending the World of Stardom title against Saya Kamitani. Both of these people look so different from last time I saw them. First of all, I was not prepared for this. Also, I love it. It's going to be worth looking up. I believe it got reposted on the official Stardom Twitter. Utami's entrance, she always comes out with a rose and her uh, entrance mask. And she gave the rose to Akira Hokuto and everybody was really excited about it. And also, I was too. That's very unrelated to the match, though. I just thought it was sweet. This is the big fighting spirit. You never feel like either wrestler is outclassed by their opponent, but it also means there's no predictable like high or low spots to look for. There's nothing you see coming where you're like, oh man, this person just gets trapped in all the waist locks. It's very like skill for skill, spot for spot. Really well matched in terms of talent. Honestly, Utami can always hold her own. But Saya isn't just getting walked all over either in this match. Saya ends up putting herself more on the line with a lot higher risk of spots, which unfortunately Utami's just too ready to counter. She's a little too fast for. It was really nice to see Saya escape a razor's edge attempt, just with like a nice little roll up, because sometimes she goes for that spot and she's a little too tall and she just baps her whole head right into the ring mat and that's a bad thing. It was really nice to see it work, because I wasn't terrified for somebody's spine, but also she did not escape the second Razor's Edge attempt, and Utami retains her title! <laughs> I feel like it's a little hard for me to describe this match, and what I saw, and how I feel about it, as much as this is just a really great display of wrestling athleticism. And finally, our main event, Wonder of Stardom title. This is the hair versus hair match with Julia and Tom Nakano. Tom Nakano is a big sweetheart. I enjoy her in the ring a lot. I kind of tuned out on Stardom um, around the same time that Julia was joining. Like, I think I saw a couple matches of hers... When she first joined, and there was the weird, like, did you leave your old company, or did you not, and did you tell people? I think I caught, like, the very beginning of it, and I didn't have any taste for her, really. It wasn't that I didn't like her, or that I did like her. I just, I don't know. I'd watched one of the tag matches she'd done with her old company, and I thought she seemed 
kind of like buff and she was all right and I just didn't have much of an opinion and I know that she's been winning all the gold in stardom and she's like really become a face of the company so there's obviously something important here and a hair versus hair match isn't a it's not like a small stipulation like even with men's wrestling when it happens it's still like a big uncomfortable thing and it's really emotional and that was what this match was there's, this has been a long-standing rivalry. Tam has been a little unable to beat Julia. And that's fine, but, like, why hasn't Tam held the Wonder of Stardom title yet? Like, she's absol- she's there. She's absolutely there. Why has she never done this? And so this was a place, a spot to really put, force her hand. Like, listen, you either win the title and take everything from me, or you shave your damn head. And I'm sure she would be adorable with a shaved head, but also, you know, you distinctly feel like she didn't want to do that terribly badly. This is a match that's fought with emotion more than it is with, like, fancy ring work. Also, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Julia's pile driver through the table on Tam. Very like Terry Funk versus Ric Flair. Absolutely a spot that I'm terribly excited to see. This was a match that did devolve into like a lot of back and forth slapping for extended periods. And that's not really my favorite thing to see in a match. Like it's just not... It's not worth terribly much to me. It just hurts your face. But it doesn't show me more passion or desire than the other person has, just because you can take getting slapped in the mouth. I I feel like the heart of the match was the more important part of it, rather than the, the physicality of it. Which is a weird thing to happen. This is a... Like... You can see that they both are taking this match seriously as well. So that's not me wanting to, like, dismiss the work that they do in the match by saying that I feel like it's more emotionally fought. But it doesn't have the the same, like, technical standard that you sometimes see in a match. This is a very, this is a very raw-feeling match. And it ends with a beautiful, beautiful brainbuster to Julia. This is Tom's first time holding the Wonder of Stardom title, and it's beautiful, and they talk in the ring afterwards. And, like, Tom kind of tries to talk Julia out of shaving her head because you fought me with everything you have, and this is, like, you don't have to do this. But no, this is the deal. This is what we put on the line. And she lets even lets Tom take the first couple strokes off. And I would love to see somebody lose a hair versus hair match and just like immediately start shaving their own head because not nah, fuck it, I lost and I, we said those were the terms. But I mean, I'm just rewatching the end of the match right now, and also I lied, it doesn't end on a brain buster, it ends on that like beautiful bridging German suplex, but that brain buster, 
tell your mom about that shit, yo. I, I can't remember the last time I saw somebody cry at the end of a match. Like, I can think of, like, one or two times. I think there was that, like, first time Sasha, Sasha Banks and Asuka fought each other. I have cried during a match once, and I will not go into more detail about that unless I'm being asked to. So, I mean, that's that's it. Really, that's the stardom 10th anniversary All-Star Dream Cinderella program. The commentary was really stoked and really excited, and I wish I could have enjoyed it more functionally. I wouldn't say any of the matches were really low points in it. Like, it was very well metered. I was a little bit off-put by the Rumble match right at the beginning of the card, but that's just because I never know what to do with Rumbles, really. There were some people I really missed getting to see that I know they're out for, like, different medical reasons or whatever, but, like, if this is the current face of stardom and also a bunch of friends of stardom who came to visit, like, I don't feel like I want to cover just, like, little in-between shows all the time, but I'm, like, happily gonna come back to this, this company. Like, it's got a big place in my heart. I feel like it's the most well-known all-women's company. For, in terms of internet wrestling fans, I I feel like... Shimmer should also be super well-known. I feel like Rise really made a good face for itself in the time that it was around, and that's actually super of note, too. But this this show was great. They did, a good, they did more than a good job of getting to put the best out for everybody that was involved in it. And, like, I don't think there's even a... I think every match on here is at least three stars. I guess the tag match is only two stars, according to the... Uh, that old man with bad opinions. Whoever he is. I don't care. This is a good show. The Rumble match is kind of goofy. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll just enjoy getting to see like one half of the Crush Girls come back to the ring. That's super great! And if you don't enjoy it, that's not my problem. Honestly. Before we close out today's show, I want to give two quick shout-outs. I advise everybody who's listening to check out Kelsey Magnolia on Instagram. She has a shop, and she does like, different Joshi buttons and stickers and like those little beads that you melt together. She does like whole-ass portraits of people with them. Like I'm literally looking right now, perler beads. Uh, I'm looking at the one she did of Starlight Kid, and it... I don't understand how you do this. She also does have a lot of content that isn't specifically women's wrestling. I got a really nice Terry Funk button. I like Terry Funk. I hope he lives a while or he stops wrestling before he dies. That's that's the bulk of my feelings. Um, excellent, so excellent shop, though. I feel like if I can upsell one thing in the biggest possible way is that it took less than a week for my order to get here, and I'd say that the mail is still real stupid. 
Like, I had another order that I made before Valentine's Day that showed up this Wednesday. Like, March damn 3rd. What the hell? Absolutely check out her shop. At least, like, at least give her a follow on Instagram. Excellent human. 10 out of 10. And I'm also going to give a big shout out to, also, I imagine that they will correct me on how I pronounce this as well. But, uh, Telmo... Arujo on Twitter uh, for encouraging me to cover this stardom show and giving me some pronunciation advice because I didn't realize how badly I was butchering a bunch of people's names and a capital I and a lowercase l look exactly the same, but I mean, I'm willing to learn. I'm actually super willing to learn on these fronts. Please let me know if I'm doing something horribly wrong. So that's today's show. I know this is closer together than the last whole bunch of them I've put out. But I was pretty happy to do this. I I do have another like research heavy one coming out in the future that I'm really excited to do. And if anybody has any great resources about the Vachon family, I would love to hear them, because I am having a hell of a time finding out anything about Vivian Vachon. Like, I found one short documentary about her, and it is nice, but it's also not that much at the same time. So, yeah, that was, that was Stardom. This is Dream Slam. I'm your host, Ferris, and y'all have a good night.